Hey, this is Nick. And this is Joe. And this is That's Scary as Fuck. Welcome back, guys. So, we will give you our quick story previews, but just a small heads up. We're going to start today kind of a, a little different than we have in the past. So, before we get to that, baby, do you want to... Or, sorry, sorry, Josephine. Would you like to tell them what your story's story, whatever, is today? So, I am just doing one story today. <gasps> and. I know. <laughs> and um, it is just about the Black Dahlia murder. Ooh, okay. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I am doing two stories today. Per usual. One is, again, written by me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other was actually given to me or pointed, like, I was pointed in the direction by my friend Colton. Mm-hmm. And then the main source I used was uh, Lawrence Journal World for oh, this. Nice. Um,. But yeah, one is, the or sorry, the second story that I was just talking about is about the 1999 Oskaloosa, Kansas murders. Okay. And, uh, oh my gosh, why am I forgetting the name of the other one? I came up with the name and I'm blanking on it right now. So, oh well, I'll, if I remember it later, the, oh my gosh, it was, oh my gosh, sorry, it's going to bother me. It's going to bother me. The It was the final something... Uh, whatever. I'll remember later. Okay. Uh, but this is where the quick weird little thing goes in. We have a sponsor today. Yes. Um, this one's a little different. This is my personal friend, buddy of mine, Mars. He is a musical artist. Uh, he does have some recordings and stuff out. But the focus of this shout out is actually he has a concert coming up on June 30th of 2023 in Overland Park, Kansas. At the Vivo Live Vivo Live Arena? Is that what it? Yeah, Vivo Live Events. Oh, Vivo Live Events. That, if you are interested, is at 7300 West 119th Street in Overland Park, Kansas. It is the As Petty As I Want to Be Tour. The headliner is Petty Murphy. And, yeah, tickets. Honest, they're only 10 bucks right now. And you can get those on even, or Eventbrite. Excuse me, Eventbrite.com. And to check out Mars's personal stuff and some of his solo projects, his Instagram is I T H A M A R three three three. Again, that's I T H A M A R three three three. Shout out to Mars for sponsoring us, and let's get into the show. Let's do it. Okay, so you I have two. Oh, you do? Are we not going to start with the question? Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Okay, go. Sorry. Still a new trope we're trying to remember. So, this one this week is a little more lighthearted. Okay. Do you think if a ghost, not necessarily a demon or a poltergeist or anything like that, but if a ghost was a solid being in front of you, do you think you could physically fight one? All the same powers, but just a physical being now. Do, okay, do I... Do I think that I could personally fight them? Yeah, like or you. Or are they fightable? No, you personally. You personally. Oh, yeah, I could throw hands. You think? Yeah. Keep in mind, these are the same things that, like, be lifting up chairs and throwing them across. See, that's... Okay, so the reason why I don't fuck with the paranormal mm-hmm. is because I can't see them, right? So, but if they're a physical being in front of me, I gives a damn what they can do, like, magic. Not necessarily... Well, yeah, kind of magically wise. I don't really give a fuck. So... 
Yeah, I'll fight a bitch. See, <laughs> see, that's, like, I'm the opposite. Like, I'll be cocky. Like, if it's some, like, old, small, like, Victorian woman, I'll be like, all right, you know, I'll start bouncing around a bit. But the second that bitch throws a couch across, I'll be like, she is 5'2 and just threw that fucking couch. The fuck she about to do to me? Hell no. I'm out. That's fair. I'm baby you're listen I can also throw a chair I just have to physically touch it I'm just saying I know but it's like I don't know I don't know nah, keep going I was gonna say like but I'm talking like those ghosts like you walk in you see like couches levitating and shit mm-hmm. like I'm a big dude oh I'm aware I'm seven foot three 489 pounds <laughs> <laughs> I can't pick up a couch by myself but no, I, I do want to wrap back around to something real quick before we hop into my first story. Yeah. Um, I love that you asked, like, are they fightable in general? Like, fucking Mike Tyson could knock out, like, 99% of the ghosts. I was like, in general? Like, goddamn, if I was Floyd Mayweather, I would hit him with a little crack, 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 crack. <laughs> well, listen, okay, so they can be a physical being in front of me, but still be, like, pass throughable you know what i'm saying that's fair that's fair so like if i hit them i just want to make sure my fist is connecting with something you know what i'm saying that's fair another thing i realized while we were talking we don't really have any paranormal stuff this week no we really don't all right well to segue from one one question to another how would you feel if you spent 15 years in prison for a murder you didn't commit and there was very clear evidence of malpractice by the prosecutor and the possible sheriff's oh, department. I'd be pissed. And the only reason you were released is because the actual killer confessed in a suicide note. But you, oh, we'll get into the best twist. That is so fucked. That's fucked up. Well, that's exactly what happened to a man named, oh, just close, Tom. Or, sorry, Tom is not the man. I'm sorry, I scrolled past. Floyd Bledsoe, pardon me. <laughs> Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> that is exactly what happened to Floyd Bledsoe. Floyd Bledsoe was accused of sexually assaulting and murdering a 14-year-old girl in Oskaloosa, Kansas in 1999. He served 15 years before his brother, Tom Bledsoe, admitted to... He was the one that murdered the the 14-year-old girl. That's fucked up. So, it's your own brother. And the only uh, the only way that it came out was through a suicide. Please continue. So the girl's name mm-hmm. was Zeta Camille Afferman. Go she went by Camille. Actually I have a picture of her. Zeta is so cute. Oh, she's so cute. She is so pretty. Uh, this is the brother that killed himself, Tom Bledsoe, kind of a redhead with those gross beady glasses. And that is their father in 2000. He was accused because some of the girl's DNA was found on his sock, which Tom later admitted in the note was from him sexually assaulting the girl on his father's bed. Um, but this is where it gets bad. So the former elected prosecutor and sheriff are on the hot seat over their handling of the original case so they're not really thinking that too much is going to come with the old sheriff but the old prosecutor or excuse me one of tom bledsoe's suicide notes so the brother that did it Mm -hmm. claimed the prosecutor when he admitted to the prosecutor he did it just kept saying keep your mouth shut keep blaming your brother this will be over eventually what the fuck 
And Vanderbilt, which is the guy that said that, is the one they're trying to find, and they have not been able to track him down. His Here, you're going to love this. You're going to love this. In 2005, that dude's driver's license was suspended uh, for a year for failing... Oh my gosh, I can't talk... For failing to respond to several appeals in one case, in one case that uh, basically it's like, uh, so it was a misconduct, long story short, for being over $60,000 behind in child support. Damn. His license has been suspended. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, excuse me, suspended indefinitely in 2011. That first one in 2005 was... Uh, it was basically had to do with another case that he was a part of some BS. Um, but yeah, he, according to the state, he has not paid his 1,250 to even apply to get it. And it has been over 12 years. So I'm just assuming old dude probably knows he did something wrong. Probably. And this is just laying low. Um, the, it, there's just so much of this that bothers me. I was having a jumble time when I was getting this together. Yeah. Um, but one of the current sheriff, which I will leave his name out because this was current as far as when this article was written. I'm not sure how long ago this was written. Um, but his official statement after this said at this time, there is no information or suggestion of any wrongdoing by the former prosecutor or sheriff was his initial statement about this. That's a damn lie. So for those of you who. I'll allow a peek behind the curtain. The reason I'm kind of passionate about this and my thoughts are so jumbled is my hometown's only five miles away from this place. So I had never heard of this. But, yeah, it was... Being from Kansas, like, you he- you don't really know about Oskaluska? Oskaluska? But, yeah. unless you're close to it. That's true. Uh, for those, to put it into perspective, it's only about like 45 miles away from Kansas City. Yeah. Um, but the note that they used as a main point of the evidence was semi-paraphrased, but his exact sentences that matter yeah. to this was, uh, Floyd is innocent. I sent an innocent man to prison. I was the one that raped and murdered that 14-year-old girl. Oh, my God. And, okay, to be fair, Floyd didn't look super innocent because... He was living with his sister and her husband and their two kids, which um, this young lady was one of them. And so when, you know, like the familial DNA kind of back then came around to someone in that family and then they just Mm -hmm. blamed him. Mm -hmm. I mean, law enforcement in that county is pretty lax. They're not the smartest people. I mean, fair. It's a small town. It's a small town, small county, like rural county. Yeah. It's... No disrespect to the good law enforcement officers that are out there, but overall, from my years of experience living there, law enforcement isn't top-notch there. Right. So they were probably like, oh, open, open and shut. Sh- yeah. Exactly, open and shut. Let's just get this over with. Now, they did get better. There was something, if you want to look into this, there was a re- more recent murder around in McLeod, actually. Okay. But uh, they handled that a little better. Okay. But yeah, so again... To the fans or the listeners, this is just kind of a new style. I was trying. This isn't going to be an all-the-time thing, but I just wanted to try more of a bullet point thing, kind of like Joe had a few weeks ago. So just wanted to see how it turned out, make it more of an open discussion thing. Yeah. But, oh, oh, one thing, I do feel bad for this Floyd guy. He was 39 when he got released. 
So that means he was only 24 when he went in. That dude lost his whole prime. Mm -hmm. Because his brother. I can't get over that. Like, I've had disagreements with my brothers, but I would like to think they wouldn't send me to jail for a murder. Man. Must be nice. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But do you have any more thoughts on that? That was... That's fucked up. it, It was just crazy to me. Shout out to Colton again for sending me down this rabbit hole. I wish I would have done a better job of getting my thoughts together instead of just kind of like this bulleted thing but i mean it was just sorry you guys couldn't see it i had the hardest eye roll in my life just now so my bad for not expressively listen we're not talking about it okay it's my fault this episode was late anyways (laughs) but yeah so golly i guess let me make like a relay racer and pass this baton to you, baby. I adore you. Okay. So... Oh, Otis says hi. He popped his head in. Oh, hello, Orange. All right. So, Elizabeth Short, aka the Black Dahlia. I got majority of my information from Bailey Sarian on murder mystery and makeup, and then also ATWWD, which is, and that's why we drink another podcast. And then the information I just double checked with Crime Museum and the FBI.gov. So, Elizabeth Short, little backstory, born July 29th in 1924 in Boston, Massachusetts. Her mother was Phoebe Short and her father was Cleo Short. There wasn't a whole lot of information about her home life to begin with, but... Uh, her parents were together when she was born, but they separated later on in life. She stayed with her mother in Massachusetts for a long time, but when she was in her early 20s, she decided that she was going to move to California with her father. She dreamed of being a famous actress, so moving to California was going to work out perfectly for her. She moved and started living with her father in Vallejo, California, but not, not too long after that... He ended up kicking her out because she wasn't pulling her weight in the house. One of the things that they said, well, one of the things that Cleo has said was, you can live in my house rent-free as long as you, like, cook, clean, do all of that. Okay, fair enough. So, when she wasn't doing any of that, he was like, okay, you're not holding up your end of the deal, get the fuck out. Mm -hmm. And so, she starts out on her own, meets a lot of different people, stays with a few different people, um... There was multiple people uh, mentioned. Some of them had a little bit of information, but none of it really came to light. Um, well, not that it didn't come to light, but it didn't help in the case. Um, so, the last time she was seen was when she said she was going to be going out with a guy named Red, who showed up in a black sedan. Her roommate at the time... <clears throat> remembered this and the police ended up trying to look into it later on all of that nothing Mm -hmm. came of it they ended up trying to find this guy red they found a guy who went by red investigated him didn't do anything about it like couldn't didn't like didn't have enough evidence i feel like red was like such a common nickname back then because like anybody with like red hair they just automatically call red exactly so, um, when she left with Red was the last time that anybody heard from Elizabeth. And then on January 15th, 
1947, a local housewife, Betty Bursinger, was walking to a shoe store with her younger daughter and said that she, when she first glanced, it looked like a mannequin because it was so, like, the body was so pale. Um, but when she got closer, she saw that it was a person and she went to the nearest house because there was no cell phones back then and called the police. Bursinger didn't go back to the crime scene because she had her young daughter with her, so she didn't want her young daughter seeing a dead body, mm-hmm. understandably. Um, man, I just got to the part where I'm describing, like, what all happened, and okay. it's it's just rough. Prepare yourself. It's right, rough. I'm ready. Okay. So, Elizabeth had been cut in half. Her mouth had been cut into a joker smile. Pieces of her flesh had been cut away. Mm, Her right breast had been cut off. And the rest of her body was heavily mutilated. But here's the kicker. There was no blood found at the crime scene. Mm. Also, another tidbit. If I had to hear it, you have to hear it. So, um, her intestines Mm -hmm. were tucked neatly under her butt. I know. Have you not seen, have you seen the crime scene pictures? Yes. I, that, mm, yeah, yeah, it's not great. No, I didn't know, like, some of this other information, but I've seen, like, the crime scene pictures, so it's yeah. like, yeah. It's not great. Not great at all. Um, Elizabeth had been tied up and choked to death based on the marks that were found on her wrists and her throat. Elizabeth's body had also been washed and moved. This was determined by how the blood had pooled in her body. When somebody dies, the blood pools in a certain way because it settles into their body. Mm-hmm. So the way that it was on Elizabeth's body suggested that she was laying face down and when she passed away. And then when they found her, her body was laying face up. And then they knew that she had been washed because of the lack of blood splatter and the lack of fingerprints as well. So, around that time, the media was really heavy into... (laughs) Sorry, the dog keeps peeking in. We love him. He's a cutie patootie. Um, The media was really into naming killers and murderers and all of that. So, almost immediately when the media caught wind of this murder, started calling her the Black Dahlia because her hair was black and apparently she always had a flower in her hair. Okay. Um... (laughs) Absolutely fate this next part. Okay, so the media calls Elizabeth's mother, Phoebe. Okay. Says that Elizabeth won a pageant. Oh. And started getting information about how Elizabeth was when she was at home, like what type of person she was, all of that good jazz. And then, luckily but not luckily at the same time, they told her at the end of the phone call that her daughter had been mutilated and murdered. How do you... Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh, thank you for telling me her life story. Oh, BT-dub, she's dead. Yeah. Oh my gosh, can I see her? Which part? Like, what? <laughs> Literally. Literally. And I'm like, okay, and that's so, so fucked up. I don't know. Okay, so did I... Okay, I'm going to... You're gonna... so good with these notes. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you. Um, so, another thing about the media is they were always around the police department while the investigation was going on. Homies 
were literally getting so brave that they would answer the phone, take down information, possible leads and shit, and then wouldn't give it to the police. And people wonder why this crime wasn't solved. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So, then, multiple people, because of the media as well, multiple people would come forward stating that they had been the killer of Elizabeth because they wanted to get famous, but all of them ended up leading nowhere. Mm-hmm. On January 21st, there was a person that contacted the press claiming to be the killer and stated, expect some souvenirs of Beth Short in the mail. And three days later, a postal worker found an envelope that was addressed to the Los Angeles Examiner and other Los Angeles papers with the words being cut out from newspaper clippings and pasted onto a piece of paper. They found Elizabeth's birth certificate, business cards, photographs, pieces of papers with names written on them were found on the inside of the envelope along with the address book that didn't belong to Elizabeth. And then on the same day, which now we're forward three days so it's january 24th they Mm -hmm. also found a black shoe and a handbag about three kilometers away from where elizabeth's body had been found kilometers do you have can you can you put that in freedom measurements please no sorry okay (laughs) no sir continue (laughs) um and they both items were confirmed to be elizabeth's belongings so both the letter and Elizabeth's belongings had been washed with gasoline, so the police weren't able to get any fingerprints off of there either. And so getting... Can I pop in, in real quick? Yeah. For all my American listeners, that's about 1.8 miles. Okay, well... one. Are you sure? That looks like something else. Oh, okay. Don't you, doubt me. I will. <laughs> I'll always doubt you. Okay, so... Um... Getting into more of the investigation part, because of the precision of the cut that separated Elizabeth's body, they assumed that it was done by a medical professional. This lead caused the police to investigate around 300 students at the University of Southern California, which ended up coming back with nothing. All of Elizabeth's friends, her ex-boyfriends, her acquaintances, all of them were cleared. None of the charges were ever filed against anyone because they didn't have enough evidence to do anything. Okay. And then, going back to the multiple people that came forward confessing, there was a detective on the case that swore his own father was the Black Dahlia killer. The detective's name was Steve Hodel, and the man that they thought did the killing was George Hodel, or Hodel, maybe, I don't know, who allegedly raped his own 14-year-old daughter who ended up getting pregnant and then tried to do an at-home abortion which failed we should hook him up with little dude from the last story they'd probably be best friends literally probably be best friends that's why when you said that about a 14 year old i was like ooh, i don't like the synchronicities here (laughs) um so and then when the abortion failed they put the baby up for adoption and Also, during this time, they had uh, flyers up of Elizabeth's face asking anybody who had anything or knew anything to come forward. And some of George's friends, the dad of the detective, came forward because they had also recognized Elizabeth and knew that she had been hanging out with George at some of the parties that they had had. Hmm. Yeah. And then there was another woman 
or an, another one, was a woman who came forward claiming that she, I am so sorry for this, she had cut some of Elizabeth's hair and shoved it up her pussy, was the words that she said. Okay. Yes. But this caused the police to actually kind of think that they had a lead here because it was not released to the public that that had happened, that they mm. had found hair there. Yeah. And, um, but then a little bit later, she eventually confessed that she got the information's the information about that from one of her friends that was on the case as well. Wow. Okay. Yep. And also, um, this was around the time where there were multiple other serial killers in, not necessarily in the area, but in the United States as well. Mm -hmm. And there were theories that this case was also connected to multiple other serial killers at the time. The Cleveland Torso Murders... The lipstick murders were the top two that I found, but mm -hmm. neither of them ended up coming back with anything either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I know, um, what is it, American Horror Story kind of touched on, like, the botched abortion mm -hmm. aspect of it, and that's kind of how they played it. Mm-hmm. Well, I did not know all the information about that one detective's father. Do you yep. have more for me? No, that is, that is it. There's not a lot about the Black Dahlia murders, unfortunately, other than, like, the cons the you can find different people that came forward and all in little stories about them too. I am gonna do uh George Hodel or Hodel. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna do a little thing on him. It'll probably be one of my shorter ones and I'll pair it with something else. Cool. But um because he was just a sketchy ass dude from what I read. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. And I wanna say that he was also in debt somewhere and oh, we're all in that somewhere, I mean, and we fair, don't go out but and he was like people. also fair. Um, that you know of, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, fuck, what was I saying? I don't know, but that is gonna hurt some eardrums. Yeah, probably. Sorry, guys. For, 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 for the first time in forever, it's not me. <laughs> Usually, it's me. That's fair, but yeah, I'm gonna do a story on George. As Heck well, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that, that's everything. Man, I guess today might just be a little bit of a shorter episode. Yeah, I should have came with it. Actually, we yeah, we should. I should have. It's okay. It's okay. This isn't a normal thing, and we know. Like once we get back in our flow and stuff, it'll be. Yeah. Besides, I got one more story. Anyway. Exactly. So this might be like a forty-five minute. Also, I want to say it was called the final resolution. Don't hold me. There we go. Sure that, that okay. Um. But okay. <clears throat> you told me the title earlier, and I think that that's right. Close enough. I, yeah, exactly. It's All fine. right. This one is kind of. You, you guys will understand. Here, let me get let me get situated here. So story this is mode. told. <clears throat> story voice. Yeah. This is told from a first person perspective. Okay. My name is Nicola. I live kind of in the Chicago area. Nicola. Lived there for a few years. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Recently, there's been a string of what I think is kind of suspicious murders. Okay. So I've been looking into it. The first one. Okay, pause. Hold on. Who the fuck do you think you are that you need to look into some Sounding like some good girl guide to fucking murder. Anyway, I'm, sorry. I'm, I'm letting you finish. Like, you didn't just tell a story where people were intercepting police phone calls to try and solve it. I mean, that's fair. Anyways. <laughs> I guess that's fair. 
So this all started with Jennifer Green when she was strangled to death in her apartment. Her and her boyfriend had just gotten into this huge, big blow-up fight, and the last thing he had said to her before storming out on their last confirmed meeting was, God, will you just shut your fucking mouth? All you do is blow hot air. And then the next morning, she was found strangled to death. If you ask me, that seems kind of suspicious to me. Yeah, it does. So when I first gathered this information, I turned it into the cops, and I got her boyfriend arrested. I know it won't bring her back, but at least I can sleep knowing there was some justice. Right. A few weeks later, another woman, Ashley Johnson, she was shot to death. Like, she, there was apparently one bullet hole, like, execution style to her head. And prior to this, she, she had been posting on Facebook, going back and forth with her boyfriend about, oh, you're cheating, you do all these things. And he told her, the last thing he posted on her page was, I wish there was some way I could get you out of your stupid fucking head. So I thought this was suspicious. So I turned it into the police. They did some investigating. This one took a little longer. But believe it or not, the boyfriend actually ended up getting arrested. Okay. So then, it was about a month later, I heard the story of another girl. This, this one was way more violent. She was tied up and burned alive in the park. Jesus Christ. And believe it or not, there is more records of her fighting with her boyfriend beforehand. Apparently, it was a cause of tension that she was so hot that other dudes would slide into her DMs or, like, were so attracted to her. So she was burned to death. Now, you may be asking how I know all these little intimate details other than you know like maybe dark web sleuth well, oh my god you're the fucking murderer anyways i heard you and your boyfriend got in an argument last night do you want to talk about it no the end i love you there is about like seven minutes left before the twist well why did you say that i could have just been like ah I I don't know. I froze up. It's a tism. You froze. I froze. Well, it's because, uh, yeah, I froze up. But yeah, Nicola was the killer. Surprise. Well, I want to hear the rest of it. Does she end up getting arrested? Nicola's a guy. Okay, sorry. I heard Nicola, and then I just no. I no, he doesn't get arrested. It's told from a first person perspective. He's the one telling um... you the story. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Yep. You just yanked that story from me because I guessed it? Yes. That's fucked. Alright, if anybody else is also upset... <laughs> I, I'm sorry! If anybody else is also upset and uh, wants him to continue the story on the next episode, please give us give us that feedback. Comment, write in, whatever it, you want to do. I promise it would have been scary as fuck. I'm sure that it would have, and that's why I'm so upset about it. Anyways, bye! <laughs> I'm Joe, he's Nick, and we will see y'all next episode. We are already on episode three, can you believe that? I know, sorry this one was shorter. It'll be more like last episode, though, I promise. It'll be more, it'll be longer. This time, 100% blame me. It was on me this time. It was-
it's not that bad. We also are going through a transitional period, too, where, like... We're moving and stuff. So, like, literally, like, peek behind the curtain for you guys. We're literally recording on our secondary bed, like, huddled up against a wall with a blanket over us for soundproofing. Yeah. But the new setup's gonna be so much better. It's true. But we're rambling. Goodbye! Goodbye!